Well, welcome back to another broadcast of Foundations of Revival. This is Travis Holland, of course, sitting with my beautiful wife, Shanti Holland. Uh, I'm really excited about doing another broadcast uh, today uh, for all those that are listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. So we love all those, uh, all of our partners that have been supporting us. Um, you can always, if you want, ever want to know a little bit more about us and what we're doing, you can always go to www.foundationsofrevival.com. So foundations with an S of revival.com. But hey, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. Um, we really honestly ha- are sort of really looking forward to doing this broadcast. It's been a little bit of time since we've done a broadcast. I really started pumping out a lot of lives like we used to. Um, it was, uh, you know, at a point where we we're doing a broadcast a week. We we're on lives nonstop. We were doing itinerant ministry. We we're pastoring. I mean, we were literally just go, 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 go. And this last part of 2019, God has really had us sort of take a step back from a little bit of things in a good way. And and what I mean by that is been taken back to really ensure that we have our intimate time with him, that, that nobody's name is being made famous but Jesus Christ. It's not about a platform. It's not about a, a ministry name. It's not about doing anything but except making Jesus's name famous because, hey, when you lift his name on high, he draws all men unto himself. We don't want people to come unto us. We want to direct people to Jesus. Um, so it's been a fun time during this year. It's been some ups and some downs. I'll just be transparent about that one. But hey, through those times of just, you know, even hardship, there's been times of persevering through that. There's been times of building character through that. There's been times where God has shaped our hearts through that. And a lot of, a lot of time of being, intimate with the Father and weeping and fasting and and praying before Him and getting things back to where they need to be, not like there was something wrong, but sometimes God, when God does a shifting in an atmosphere or shifting in a ministry or shifting in even in your own personal life, He wants you to go deeper before you take a next step into that next level. Because many of you guys are at that place where you're about to step into something and you've almost felt like you've been withdrawn, like you've had a cave season on purpose, like you've taken yourself back a little bit so you can ensure that your heart is right before you step out and do and blast and just go, go, go to what God has called you to do. That's very similar to where we've been at. And so we've sort of dialed back a lot of the lives. We've dialed back a lot of the broadcasts because we didn't want to have any other distractions besides for building our own personal relationship with the Lord, building our marriage, building our family, building building everything back up to where it should and can be. And it's been a great experience. Not like we were having like anything crazy going on, but it's one of those things that we really always want to make sure our hearts are pure before the Lord. I'll just be honest. If there's any times that I feel it's not, if, if, if ministry becomes more than my wife, man, I take a step back real quick. If it becomes more than my, my children, I take a step back real quick. So we always want to make sure that this next season, because God has really been showing us what this next season has for us. And man, it, we're going to be running hard. 
And so we always wanted to make sure that we take a step back, make sure we're built up as a core before we launch forth into a lot of the things that we're doing with foundations, with launching a church, with launching a lot of stuff that we're going to do like broadcasts and other things. So I'm really excited that we're back doing these. Um, I know my wife uh, said, hey, let's do a broadcast. And it was sort of funny because that's Lord was started working on my heart this morning about doing those too. So I love how my my uh, wife just tunes right into where God's at and God speaks to me, God speaks to her, and then she'll speak up and say, hey, let's do this. And I'm like, cool, because God's already been preparing my heart to start launching forth and doing this. So Sarati's really had something upon our heart. And even during our morning church service um, at our new church plant this morning, she she brought up something that was just, man, plowing the ground of our hearts, plowing the ground of what's going on in the atmosphere, and really making sure that everything that we do is tapping into the Father's hearts of what's going on, not just in our communities, but it's what's happening across the nation, what's happening in the church, what's, what's happening across the world, so we can be effective members to really step out and be an influence of purity in a time where it seems like purity, character, and integrity in the body of Christ is sometimes there and sometimes not there. So we're really excited about doing this one, uh, this broadcast, because she's going to really hit home on some things that I think is very important for everyone to hear. So, yeah, um, I I actually started talking to the Lord maybe, I don't know, a week, a week ago about doing broadcasts again. And um, when I started speaking to him, it was, it was uh, just kind of just to backtrack. He mentioned the fact that we like we're, we were talking about this in service. So some of you may not know because we haven't made it very public, but we have started gathering again, and the Lord has been is is re putting our our ministry together in a totally different dynam- dynamic. Um, right. And yeah. and it's and it's it's amazing what He's doing, and it's totally um, there. But there's a purity about it that, yeah, that we strongly on. want to keep. Um, and we, we're trying to not be slow necessarily, but not to get ahead of the Lord because, um, there's, there's some stewarding that we need to do in each step. But anyway, so for that reason, uh, we have not been doing anything live. And, uh, when the Lord started talking to me about like doing, um, broadcasts again, um, I was like, well, how are we supposed to be doing that? Because I don't feel like we're supposed to be doing live. And so, like, um, it just really dropped on my heart that it would be good for us to do these um, after, some t- like, shortly after we're done meeting together so that we can still at least bring the heart of what God's saying in this time to these broadcasts without taking away from the intimacy mm. and, and the purity of what he's doing in that moment. You know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, if we were to sit there and, and take pictures of the environment while, while it's going on, then you're not enjoying it while it's going on. And we don't want to take away, like if you're, you know, you're watching your family and you're taking all these photos, then you're missing out on the moment and what's going on in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, we didn't want to do that, but we, we do want to recap, you know, um, and bring to remembrance and kind of take a photo that way by coming back and, and giving you guys a, a snapshot 
of what it is the Lord's saying and then allow the Lord to draw from there. Um, and so like one of the, the one of the things that the Lord uh, was dropping in during worship today was just stewardship and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. Those were like two of the biggest subjects that were going on a stewardship and Thanksgiving. And um, the Lord has had me and Joel uh, partly because we're, we're going into a season where um, we're going to see a major outpouring again, like all over again. We're going to see this major outpouring. And so I actually went into Joel for that reason, because I'm thinking about the outpouring and I'm like, all right, Lord, let's talk about the outpouring. You know, I want to, I want to see all the good stuff, but in the midst of the good stuff, the Lord shows me some of the not so fun stuff too. Like he shows us, shows me some of the things that, that, you know, we all want to hear the good stuff, right? But meanwhile, you know what the good thing is about seeing some of the not so good stuff is that honestly, if we're going to go about it, like our regular life is not always peachy and beautiful, you know, like sometimes it's hard and, and rough. And sometimes we go through long, rough patches and sometimes we go through things, right? And if we only saw all the good in the Bible, then then we, then, you know, like all the good stuff happening, it's all good, but you know what I mean? Like all, all the breakthrough and we never saw the, the, the tribulation and we never saw the, the rough patches and we never saw that stuff, then we wouldn't be able to relate, nor would we be able to look forward in Thanksgiving because we'd be like, well, that may have been good for them, but they didn't go through what I'm going through. And so, so what's awesome is, is I go into Joel and I'm reading about the outpouring. I'm seeing how like relatable Joel's, the story in Joel is to what we're going through now in this, in the nations, you know, like what's going on. And especially for some of those people who, who have told me they don't even want to go on Facebook anymore. Like you watch this stuff on Facebook and you're like, Whoa, what the heck are you guys doing church? You know? And, and, and that's kind of like what I was seeing when I was reading through Joel is I was seeing a pattern that I could relate to currently and where we're at. And so in in Joel, it starts off by talking about this wasteland that happened because they had not been stewarding what they had Mm. for so long that this wasteland came about. And, and now the Lord did not cause the wasteland, but if you, you know, there's a spiritual law, if you're not doing something then the locusts are going to come and start tearing that apart. You get holes in your bucket at some point, you know, like if you're not stewarding what you got, it's, it's, it's going to go to waste. You know, like if I don't take care of my leftovers in the fridge, then they're going to get tossed sooner or later. It's going to get yucky and gross. Like you have to, you have to keep using stuff. Otherwise it goes bad. And so here's where they are. They're in this place where they have not been stewarding. They have not been taking care of what they had. They have not been taking care of the land. And so the land laid waste. Mm. It it was it was done with. It and we are in this place where there's a lot of us that are going, what happened to the church? What happened to what's going on? Like, it just, it looks like a wasteland. Like, it doesn't even look like it should. And that's not the way God created it. And that's not, like, if we can look with our spirit eyes, you know, we can see more. But but when you're looking naturally, you're going, what happened to the church? 
and just to sort of give you guys an example, we're not talking about one particular church. We're not talking about one particular individual. We're talking about the church as a whole. The church is in the news for some kind of scandal. The church has, you know, been made fun of on, on movies when people, you know, they, they use the name of the Lord in vain all of the time, not just in movies, but they make fun of and they do skits. To make fun of the Holy Ghost, they make they do skits on TV to make fun of Pentecostal preachers and speaking in tongues, and they do all this stuff in a mockery of the church because the authenticity of it, the power of it, the the real birthing of that revival within us of everything that Jesus has done has been laid waste for man's design and has been given way to a manfold structure or it's it's more about a platform it's more about how big we can make a church it's more about this and about that and the and I even brought this up during our church service this morning on our church plan and I was just like there's two kinds of kingdoms and we were talking about two kinds of kingdoms. Also, the funny thing is, in the Bible, there was a Babylonian system by Babylon, which imprisoned the God's people. But they called that a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that kingdom was there to set itself up to make the, the king famous, to make his leaders famous. Everyone had to bow down to that platform of the king and his leaderships while people were enslaved beneath them and people suffered through this kingdom. And everything was about how much money, how much gold, how much power, how much this, how much that, where God's kingdom is the exact opposite. The Babylonian system says, how much can I get where the king system, the God's kingdom says, how much can I give? How much can I lay my life down one for another? How much can I give for God so loved the world that he gave? When Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm giving you another. It's constantly talking about giving, giving, giving. Matter of fact, God said, hey, I won't be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll also reap. But there's an act of giving before the getting. It's not that you give to get, but there's an attitude of the heart that says, I want want to lift someone else up above myself. I want to steam others above myself. I want to lift them up. I want to equip them. I want to empower them. I want to encourage them. And I want to do the very best of what God has put inside of me to see other people succeed because that's the heart of the kingdom is to see others run the race to the fullest of their potential. But that takes giving of yourself, not no, I need to get for what it's mine. It's me, 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 and the me, myself, and I Babylonian kingdom. So it's like the church that structure and what she's talking about is not the kingdom of God church. There, there's let, let me make that clear. We're not talking about the true church. We're not talking about Christ being the head and the body of the church. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people that have been lethargic, apathetic, and have allowed the Babylonian style system, the world mindset system to slip in and they have allowed that to replace their true intimacy with God and they've turned it into a me and myself and I show while everyone else is suffering around them 
And they think they're doing God's work by doing that. And it's been a perversion of what the kingdom is. So that's what she's really talking about, about the church. So I just want to make sure you're not hearing what we're not saying. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Joel, between Joel 1, 12 and 13, you actually kind of see the difference between the two um, mm. kind of break down. Because like in Joel 1, 12, he talks about the vine is dried up. The fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree and the palm tree also, and the apple tree, and all the trees of the field are withered. Okay, now, so in the Bible, we actually represent trees. That actually, there is certain breakdowns that talk Absolutely. about trees us as trees, like we are yeah, trees. So he's saying, like, all of these trees, like, we each had our own function. We each are a different type of tree. We all, like, every joint supplies, we're all different trees, and all of these trees, they're withering. They're dried up. Like, we're supposed to be, um, you know, rivers of flowing water. Like, we're supposed living to waters, we're supposed on. to have this living water in us. But we have dried up so much that we've withered. We've withered away. And so he's talking about those people who, you know, have gotten into that Babylonian system. That because their living waters weren't flowing anymore, that they dried up. And so surely... Joy has withered away from the sons of man. So here they are. They're supposed to be full of joy. That's what we're called to be, full of joy. But because they allowed those living waters to stop flowing, they their joy just withered. Right. Their joy just well, withered away. So it said, but then it goes on to 13. It says, gird yourself and lament, you priests, wail, you who minister before the altar. Okay, um, there's another version that talks about be- between porch and altar. Okay, um, so so we go to then 13 and it's saying, but there, you know, there are, there's a remnant of priests. There's, there is a group of people, like Come we're on. all, we're all, you know, priests and kings. That's what we're called in the Bible. So there's some of us that recognize this withering and we are not letting our, our, our living waters run dry and we still have some joy within us. We're not, you know, we, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of us might be struggling because we're surrounded by such withering, but within us, we're still pulling on it. We're still pulling on it, you know? And it's saying, if you are them, you know, just like it talks, if you being strong in faith, if you being strong, then you're the one who needs to go and do something about this. Right. So it's saying in 13, okay, kingdom, that's actually functioning the way kingdom should. Right. Why don't you guys go and minister? Go and minister. Go and pray. Go and get on your knees and start praying. It's time to minister to God. It's time to go and get before him and start speaking to him and talking to him, you know, and, 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 um, and, and going for that grain offering and that drink offering that's needed in, in the church right now, because so many have stopped gathering from the drink and, and, and from the grain and the drink, they have stopped, they've allowed it to dry up. Okay, and so it's telling us to do that. It's telling us to gather together. It's saying not just us personally, but to gather together those that are also like us to start doing this. 
and and to start praying out to him okay and then and that we're supposed to and then you go on to to two and it starts talking about blowing out that trumpet and sounding sounding the alarm so now we're we're sounding out and we're saying remnant it's time it's time the time is now this is the time stop looking at everybody withered up stop looking at everybody fighting stop looking at all this junk going on if you can recognize if you can see it and you can see that that's dried up. If you can see that as the Babylonian system, if you can see that that all this fighting is not good, then you're the ones who need to sound the alarm and gather the people together and get before the altar and start praying, you know. And so he starts talking about this, that, you know, that during this time, you know, it is it's, it's it is dark and it's gloomy. Okay. Right. It is dark, it's gloomy. The the clouds are thick and dark. You know, there's 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 there is this tri- this withering going on. But that's the time when you need if you recognize it instead of we could feed into that, guys. If we allow it, then it can overcome us too. But if we sound the alarm and bring together those that can recognize it, then then we can be mighty a mighty army together and so it's it talks about this that we're pulling us all together and then it says that these people if we're going to two three it says that they're going to be a a fire he doesn't talk about the remnant but this is what i see i I see a remnant of fire starting in in joel two three okay a fire devours before them and behind them a flame burns and the land is like the Garden of Eden before him. Now, how many have been longing to see the Garden of Eden before them? And he's saying that that when we do this, like when we gather together like this, we will see it. We will see that Garden of Eden, Eden before us and the wilderness, the, the wasteland will be behind us. And we can move forward into what, what is we've been longing for, that promised land, that, that, that Eden that we've been longing for. But we have to blow the trumpet and gather together and get before his altar together. Like we have to gather. Okay. And so it says, um, and four, and their appearance will be, uh, their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like swift steeds so they can run. And with a noise like chariots over the mountaintops, they leap like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in a battle array. And then it talks about, you know, those people that are in, in still in that Babylonian kingdom that some of them, some of them are, some of them will be drawn in, but some of them, the pain of that, because they're not ready. They're not ready. Some of them can't handle this. You know, some of them are going to be wrenched with pain from, from, from seeing this army coming forth. And, and we, we have to understand that, like, of course, it's the Lord's will for everybody to be part of this, but some aren't. And we have to stay focused on him. We have to stay focused on what he's calling us to do and not um, and not be moved by what we're seeing while we're doing this. Because again, meanwhile, things are dark. There's wasteland, you know, and we have to keep our eyes focused on him and run and run like mighty men and climb the wall like men of war. And I love this because this is this is what kingdom looks like this is this is probably my favorite part of this whole thing 
This is what kingdom looks like. And this is what I feel like the Lord, uh, part of, of what, what the Lord has us building here has to do with this. But it says um, an eight and two eight. They do not put, okay, wait, no, seven. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war and everyone marches in formation. They do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. And though they lunge between weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses and they enter into the windows like a thief. They're, they are, they're running and they're doing this thing. And this is what the Lord's called us to do. This is what, what every joint supplies looks like. It's not a competition. We're not competing with one another. We're, we're, we're coming together in formation. Right. And, and you know, that's when Shanti was reading that in service this morning, um, it really leaped up in me about Nehemiah. So she's reading Joel and all of a sudden, God starts to remind me a lot of Nehemiah when she's talking about, you know, those that are marching in their own columns, those that are staying in their own lane, so to say. And I and she even used that terminology, staying in their own lane. I was all, I, I hear that term a lot, but people sometimes use it out of context to say, hey, you stay in your own lane, like you're separate from everyone else and don't bug me in my own stuff. Hey, everyone has a lane, but we're all on the same road. And I use this analogy of a racetrack. The racetracks have different lanes with inside of that racetrack, but they're all running the same race together, side by side. Like they know, hey, we're about to all make the same exact turn. We all know how far we've gone. We all know how this track is laid out. And you don't have a separate race or a uh, different from me, but we're all running the race together just in our own track, just in our own lane of that track. And the cool thing about that, I was thinking about Nehemiah, especially about the part of being the remnant, because when Nehemiah finds out about what's happening in Jerusalem, which he's never really even been there, this is the, he talks about it like it's so distant away from him. Like, hey, these are my, my ancestors, my, my, my fathers, my, my, you know, these are my people, but yet the, he's been so separate away because he's been locked inside of another king system. He served another king. Yeah. He was on staff under a un, non-godly kingdom. Mm. But thank God, because he loved the Lord with all of his heart, he had favor with both the king and the queen. So he comes and he finds us out in Nehemiah 1.3. It says, and they said to me, the remnant there in the province who escaped exile are in great trouble and reproach. And then they start talking to you about the wall. And it says that he began to weep. Just like Shanti was reading out of Joel. Hey man, priest, you need to gird yourself back up. It's time to pull yourself up by your big boy panties and get things right before the Lord once again. Yeah, I used some 
you know, colorful terms. But hey, you <laughs> got to get yourself right. It's stop. It's time to stop messing around with the world's way with how I think it should be, and I think this, and I think that, and I, th- and 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 oh, brother, so and so said that, and this sister said that, and did you read this post? And did you read that post? And everything sways you by what the society is saying instead of being swayed and wooed by the heart of the father because when you're wooed by the heart of the father and no come no longer comes about you and your popularity but it comes about your heart being turned towards the people just like Nehemiah his heart was so moved by God that when they said hey your people that the remnant that is still left man they're in trouble the exile that happened, the walls burnt down, it's rubble, yeah. it's been caught on fire. There ain't nothing left. And his heart was like burning inside of him and he began to weep for the people. Mm. So much so that he says, hey, I can't remain in this godless kingdom. I can't remain serving another man besides my God. I got to go seek counsel from this king that I serve, from the queen that I serve, so I can gather my remnant, gather the people, gather the ones that God still has that's been scattered because, hey, man, they were scattered because they weren't obeying the word of God in their life. They were worshiping other idols. God told them not to and says, hey, if you keep doing this stuff, you're going to bring ruin upon themselves. And God's prophecy, God's word came to pass. He says, hey, don't run the stop sign or you'll get hit. And that's exactly what happened. They kept saying, hey, I'm going to run my own life. I'm going to be a drunkard. I'm, I'm going to do this. There's going to be debauchery in the priesthood. There's going to be people sleeping in the in the temple courts. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. There's, I don't care. We're going to worship every kind of idol. Prostitutes are going to be a normal kind of thing. We're going to sell our kids off for wine. We're going to sell our, our children off for this. And we see that in our society even right now with, with, with the, the, the slave trade and all this other kind of stuff going on. We see all this junk and God said, hey, if you don't stop this, you're going to be ruined upon themselves. But after this time of ruin, now Nehemiah is finding out, hey, my people, the ones that have their hearts that still burn for the Lord are in trouble. God's very own people. And there's a remnant in the United States. There's a remnant across this world that's crying out, says it's not about a platform. It's not about a show. It's not about a structure. It's not about this or that. It's not about some kind of worldly system to become famous. It's about worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let's get our heart right because I want to lay a hold of the very one that laid a hold of me, as Paul once put it. And so he ran ahead and he sought the king and the queen and they granted him favor, man. He had favor. He had so much favor that he conversed with the king and the queen so much that they knew when he was sad in his face. Yeah. That's how much favor he already had in a worldly system because his heart burned for the people of God already. Yeah. So he stepped out and he says, hey, man, we're going to do this. And when he was rebuilding the wall, it wasn't from the top down, but he was building the wall from the bottom back up. 
And sometimes you got to start with the very foundation of things. We got to go back, church, to the very foundation of what this is all about. And just like 1 Corinthians 3, 10, and 11 says, lay no other foundation but that of Jesus Christ. Mm. So when you lay a foundation as a master builder, that way when you do it upon Christ, someone else can build another foundation on top of that and build on top of that and build on top of that. Because all we're doing is we're building Christ on top and we're stacking our anointings and stacking our call and we're stacking it as one body together to lift up the name of Jesus. And when we come together like that and we understand that it's not about anything else except seeing God's word fulfilled in people's lives and see the body joining together as one so we can have an awakening happening all over once again of saying, hey, I'm not doing this religious junk anymore. It really honestly reminds me of Martha and Luther. I know it's sort of a little ranting, but I'm going to go full circle here in a second. But it reminds me of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther when he says, hey, I'm I'm going to nail my theses up to this door. Mm. Yeah. This religious junk that's going on, mm-hmm. I can't take it anymore. And the whole entire essence of what he started off with and the theme of it was the just shall live by faith. Come on, the just shall live by faith, not faith in man, but faith in Jesus Christ and everything that he did from the cross to the throne. It was about the structure and the foundation of Jesus Christ. And I'm living in whatever he paid for me, not setting myself to be famous like another man, not, not working for gold, not working for women, not working for glory, not working for this. Men, we plow the ground for Jesus. Jesus' name to be made famous in everything that we do so we can be like Peter and John before the sound Hadrian and says, hey, I can tell you're a bunch of untrained fools, but one thing I can tell is you've been with Jesus. Mm. Man, that's what we need to build back up. And our, us priests, us ministers need to get back to where we hit our knees with travailing and weeping and fasting and praising before the Lord where it comes a lifestyle of of a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God, as Romans 12, 1 says. So Nehemiah does this as hard as is yearn towards the people, but he didn't say, hey, I'm just going to gather a bunch of people. Now lift me up because I gathered you all together. He says, no, we're going to rebuild this thing back to God's blueprint. He could have easily said, hey, I got an idea. I got a solution. I can do this and I can do that because, hey, I got favor with kings. I got favor with queens. I got a little change in my pocket. I can do all that. He said, no, man, we're going to rebuild this wall to the original blueprint of what heaven says it needs to be. And that's where we've gotten off course as we've taken our own thought processes and replaced God's blueprint of what heaven wants to do in this earth with inside of us, with inside of our communities, with inside of our churches, with inside of our ministries, and we've made it about something else besides God. Yeah. And so when he gets these people all together, he says, okay, not only are you going to build, but you're going to build in your own lane. You're going to run the course together, building side by side. 
hey, I'm going to have you build, be, be building these gates of the wall while you're building this section of the wall. You're going to be building the rooftop of the wall and the watchtowers of the wall while you're building the lower portions of the wall. You're doing, everyone's doing their own part. So when the time came and the enemy wanted to attack, the wall was built in rapid time, in rapid speed. Matter of fact, some of that wall, the western, the wailing wall still stands today. Yeah. What Nehemiah built still stands today because what they did was in unity. Yeah. Unity will have a lasting legacy. People go to that wall and pray and put little notes in there and put prayer requests in there and, and travail and fast before that wall as a semblance of, hey, this is the only lasting structure of God's people in Israel still left to this day. The only thing that they know that they know that they know that they came from their ancestors. Why? Because it was built in unity. Yes. And when you build something in unity, it will have a lasting effect where it carries on from generation to generation to generation. When you build it upon a man's back instead of what Jesus did or Mm -hmm. what God was doing back in Nehemiah's day, then it it will be rubble. Mm -hmm. You look at every ancient city, it's rubble. But there is a wall that stands and the structure is so secure that they have other buildings and other parts of the things attached to that wall. Yeah. That's how much of a lasting built uh, the 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 building and the foundations was so secure that that still stands today and I, I just love the fact when you think about it like that because they said, "Hey, not only are we building, not only we're we doing this in unity, not only are we doing this side by side, but hey, man, I got a hammer in one hand and I got a sword in another. Not only am I ready to build, but I'm ready to go war with you, not against each other, but war with you, locking arms side by side and running this race together and running this battle together. So if one falls short or one falls weak, the other one's there to lift them up, saying." Hey, I will build you up. I will war with you. I will build you up. I will travail and pray and supplicate and be there and encourage and equip and knock the teeth out of that stupid devil. And and then I'm going to build up and I'm going to lay that down and I'm going to build up and I'm going to lay another smack down upon the devil. And we do this not in conjunction with trying to get somewhere to make ourselves something that it's not or not to lord over that person that's weaker you're doing it to lift up that person that may be weaker it reminds me of moses when he had to raise his hands and every time he raised his hands the people were winning the battle and when his hands started falling he had two mighty men to come and gird up underneath him not over him not lording over him not laughing at him or mocking him for his arms being fallen they said hey I'm going to come up underneath Moses and lift up his hands so that we can have the victory. Man, and I tell you what, those guys were underneath his armpit. Mm-hmm. It's a smelly place. It's a stinky place. It's uncomfortable. It's not always easy, but coming side by side, it may be not the easiest thing in the world to do, but it benefits not only the person, but it benefits the victory that's about to happen. Yeah. 
So uh, when you were talking, I was thinking of something else you were saying during the service earlier today, which about the wall and how that they actually used um, the the previous foundation, mm-hmm. like they took value. And part of the reason, again, we were talking about Thanksgiving and, and how important it is even for us to be thankful of the foundations that came before us. And that that is one of the things I feel like the Lord is bringing out a lot in this time is, is the importance of what was before. Um, I see a lot of two things that I see. Um, I see some people that they would, all they want to do is just dig those old wells and, and they want to bring up and they want, they keep, they're stuck in the past and, and they're not going forward. Um, or I have people that like, I see that are completely dismissive, like, Oh, that was back then that's not valuable but what i'm seeing is is the lord in this time especially which you know i mean this let let me just clarify this when i say in this time these things are biblical they're always available they're always things but there's still seasons there's times that we go through where the lord is is doing something and this is the time where i feel like he is burning up anything that was not of him and he is telling people come in and lay a foundation but we need to respect and have thanksgiving for what was before that because what was before that that's left it's still if you can't honor the man of god then uh, then honor the god and the man because there was there because there is things that that those people carried although they had faults although they did things that were not right although they goofed up here and they goofed up there there were things that were god and they and we cannot throw it all away because the Lord it the Lord builds on top of it. You yeah. know, he burns off anything that was was not of him and he builds on top of it and he wants us to come in and go, "Wow, that was valuable. I'm I'm taking note of that because God, that was God. He was there. This was him." And I'm going to build on top of it what the Lord is showing me having to do with that that's that's different, you know. And we kind of talked in a natural sense today about like like the difference between where we are in technology versus where we were back in the day and how how that there was an understanding and a a, a, a love of the word and there was a love of, of just, you know, memorizing scriptures and, and sitting there in quiet that we had back then that we don't have as much now because we have all this technology and we can listen to podcasts and I'm not telling you don't listen to our podcast, but if you need to turn it off and go see the Lord and just listen. Great. Do it because, because it's an important foundation that, that, that we need to say, Oh, well they didn't have that back then. So that's, or they would be doing that now. No, we need to value what they had and bring it into the now and, and build on it and not forget that because that was still good. Yeah, I'm. Come on, that that is so, so good, man. There, there's been a lot of meat in this podcast today. I'm so, so honored to be able to do this with my wife. Um, and, and I'm just gonna tag this on as we wrap this up for today. One of the things I've been listening to a lot is about A. A. Allen talking about a miracle man. He's still called the miracle man today. 
and on so many things that happened inside of his meetings and inside of his life. But one thing A.A. Allen did was he used to do 30-day fasts. He would come home from a, a meeting that he just saw people coming up out of wheelchairs, out of structures, uh, and, and blind eyes opening up, deaf ears opening up. He would go right back, right past the dinner table, right back upstairs and start praying and travailing before the Lord, sometimes into the midnight hours, sometimes into one, two o'clock in the morning, wake back up and do another two, three services in that day. Go back home and pray and fast and travail before God for miracles to be done. And we can learn a lot from that legacy. He used to fast so much. They had two kind of clothes in his closet. They called them fat man clothes and skinny man clothes. So you know when A.A. Allen was fasting for 30 days because he wore his skinny clothes. And and you know when he wasn't because they would call him the fat man clothes because he wasn't fasting anymore. And I find that hilarious. I heard that from his son. Um, and, And I'm just like... There are so many things that we can pull from legacies of the people in the past, even though there were some things that didn't happen great at Miracle Valley, even though there were other things that, that happened in, in people's lives, we could still take apart the greatness of everything that God did in those people's lives and carry on that legacy now within our lives and go, God, I need you to be able to show me your blueprints of how I can lock arms with other people, those other remnants to rebuild your wall, to rebuild up your church. And so that you can bring a healing unto this land. Well, we love you guys, and we're going to be wrapping up this podcast. Hey, do me a favor. This is not just on uh, iTunes as far as podcasts, but we're also on YouTube, Spotify, and some other great resources throughout there. If there's a like button anywhere out there, especially like on iTunes and Spotify and other things, the more people give five stars and like these, the more the podcasts and the tunes pop up and from other people, and even non-believers that may see it come across and go, hey, what is this all about? And have their lives radically touched by the power of God and his word and by his spirit and by his son, Jesus Christ. So do me a favor, go on there, hit, give us five stars, give us a like, follow us and share what we're doing because God wants to build his remnant back up, build his wall back up, build his church back up. And I'm telling you what, man, it's all about lifting up the name of Jesus and every step that we're doing. We love you guys. We honor you guys. If you want to know more about us, you can always go to www.foundationswithanSofRevival.com. We love you. Have a blessed evening.